from New York City. A podcast from working actors, directors, and playwrights. This is the Cry Havoc Company. Hello, and welcome to the Cry Havoc Podcast. Today around the table we have... Jen Riker, I'm a writer. Will Harper, I'm an actor. Rachel Newman, I'm an actor and director. Carrie Flanagan, I'm an actor. Tim Davis, I'm an actor and a writer. Jenny Curlin, I'm an actor. And Kit Lavoy, I am a writer and a director. Today we're kicking off our second season of the Cry Havoc podcast with the topic of dealing with nudity and sexuality in rehearsal and in performance. Sexuality is obviously an essential part of the human experience, and it is therefore dealt with explicitly in many plays, and is really an implicit part of any full exploration of any character. And so any actor or writer who writes for actors, a director who works with directors, needs to come to terms with how they're going to effectively and appropriately and safely deal with those sorts of issues. And many actors are called upon, um, and again, directors and writers, to deal specifically with the, uh, t- with the issue of nudity in rehearsal and in performance and how they're going to deal with that. Um, and I know uh, most of the people around this table today have been acting uh, or directing or writing long enough that they have had to deal with, with nudity in a production, and certainly everyone has had to deal with sexuality in performances. I mean, I know I went through my list of things I've worked on, and fully half of them had some sexual act involved in in the story of, of the play, and, and almost a quarter of them involved nudity, and that wasn't because I put them in there, but because it was, impl- it was uh, an essential part of the play as it was written. So uh, this discussion is going to be uh, fairly frank, it is not going to be excessively graphic, but uh, it is probably not something that, if we do have younger listeners, might be appropriate for those younger listeners. Because actually, I think one of the things that all of us, uh, I think, believe in and that we'll talk about today is that when you're dealing with issues of sexuality in rehearsal and in performance and in a character, it is important to be able to address them frankly in order to do be both safe and effective with them. Uh, So we're going to be hitting three major topics regarding this. First, we're going to be talking about sexuality and nudity as a storytelling tool. Where is it appropriate? Where is it helpful? Where is it actually uh, damaging to storytelling? And then we're going to talk about how, as an artist, you deal with it, and then talk about how it can be used most effectively to build a character and to build the storytelling of a play. So... Sexuality as a storytelling tool. Does anyone have any thoughts to kick us off? For me, sexuality is an appropriate storytelling tool when there's something going on besides the literal circumstance. If the sexuality of a character uh, or several characters is being explored in a story or some aspect of a sexuality is being depicted in the story and that serves to to illuminate something about that character or about that story beyond the literal act of sex or something sexual, I think it can be a a valid storytelling tool. Where I find it uh, to be less helpful and probably, uh, if not exploitive, at least unaffected, 
is when the only thing going on is the literal circumstance of of, of someone being sexual or, or people being sexual. Like eating breakfast. If, if they're just eating breakfast to eat breakfast. Yeah, the thing about... But you don't learn about, anything. Yeah. Right, it's, you just, it's just behavior and not anything. It's really like any other storytelling device where if it's just about the thing, mm-hmm. it's not very interesting. The thing about sexuality and nudity, however, is it's such a loaded thing that mm-hmm. it becomes... If it is about somebody just eating breakfast or doing some mundane action that doesn't illuminate anything else, then it's just sort of uninteresting. It doesn't call attention to right. itself. Right. Once you add sexuality and nudity, if it only exists on that same level, you really run the risk of, of being prurient, of being vulgar, and being boorish. And, and you know, I think the effect you have on an audience then is, you know, if it's some mundane action that doesn't illuminate anything... They may just be be bored or uninterested, but if you have an, a situation where you're using sexuality or nudity in a uh, in an exploitive or or unaffected or uninteresting way that doesn't illuminate anything else about the characters or the world they're living in or the, or the story you're trying to tell, I, I think you actually can offend your audience's sensibilities or just alienate. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say yeah, alienate. Yeah, yeah. distract from the point you're trying to make. And I, I think a, a lot of what, what you were just saying I think makes makes a lot of sense that I think a lot of it has to do with it's not the fact that they are being sexual that makes it useful. It's how they are doing it. And I think it's part of the irony is that I think a lot of times because sexuality is obviously something that's very personal and is a dangerous thing to deal with among people. I mean, it's, it's something you're not supposed to talk about except in specific circumstances and certainly not with somebody who you met in an audition a week ago. But what ends up happening is if it becomes general, if it becomes which so often it does, they fall into bed and get under the covers and move around, then that does become distracting and not clear storytelling. Because part of it is that people's attachment to their sexuality and their sexual needs and wants are, again, one of the most essential aspects of their identity and their humanity. And I think it's fair to say nobody has as their goal to get under covers and move around. (laughs) (laughs) And if if that is the extent... But if that is the extent of the way that you as a director or as a writer or as an actor are looking to tell the story, and again, it's just about the fact that something happened... You can tell that moment just by having them walk towards the bed and the lights go down. Yeah. If you are going to go any further than that, I think there is some obligation. And again, I think because people are so sensitive and become so hyper-attuned when something sexual is happening, you can tell a lot of story with who goes for whose belt first, who goes to the bed and waits for the other person to come to them, who wants to kiss and who doesn't want to. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of story that can be told in there. But if you're going to go there, I think there is an obligation to actually tell the story of the encounter or however much of the encounter you show rather than simply showing that it happens. There's there's a big difference. Well, when when you're showing nudity and sexuality in a live setting, which is different than on television or in film, people, first people have that, those experiences in their own life, so they're going to be aware of what rings false. So it's really hard to fake, but they're also going to be really aware that they're in the same room as what's happening, and I think that's part of why it's really important to be truthful and also, you know, 
be aware of exactly how something happens because it's, you know, people in the audience will be like extra attentive at those, to those points. Cause you know, even if you might see that on TV, you have this feeling of like f- fiction or, you know, it's it, this feeling of fiction where like, if you we're going to use eating breakfast as the opposite example, like it, it doesn't feel any different than watching someone live do it, eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, sexuality, when it's most effective, and I think it's most appropriate, is when it is, when the rendering is so specific to the the situation that the people are, that the, you know, the scene partners are in. Like, take for instance, like, say you have a scene where, uh, you know, people are talking about breakfast, and they've just <laughs> had sex, and they've just rolled under the covers for, like, however many minutes, and then um, <laughs> they get up, and whatever, and they're both naked and what have you, automatically, you know, you can't help but be, as an audience member, just, you know, drawn to the nudity, to, to you know, these two naked bodies on stage, and probably what they were touching when they were under the covers and whatnot. But I think that even those those two actors, as those characters, um, there is a charged energy in just being naked together in life. That's That's just it. And I think that it's most effective when in, dis- in the discovery of the scene and in rehearsal to, to very much allow that to be part of, of the discussion. You're, you know, nothing is casual, necessarily. I don't even think necessarily with, uh, with uh, even with characters that are supposed to have a long history of being sexual with each other at some point. I mean, there's a reason why you keep doing it, if that's the case. And so I, I feel that when... When sexuality does appear somehow, you know, it's important to actually embrace that in the rendering, even if the, even if the, 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 the text is about something else and the action is, you know, this thing. But, you know, if the text is about something else, I think that it's, it's, it's important to, to note it. The, the, the sexual content, if, if that's what you're dealing with in a sto- in, in, within a story, within a play, it needs to in some way further the action as well. Uh, otherwise, it just becomes... Uh, you know, I, I say this all the time whenever I watch a film that has sexual acts or car chases in it. It's sort of the same thing. I sort of tune out in both cases because in a lot of those cases, uh, it's, it's not really furthering the story. It's it's there for some type of sensationalistic uh, experience of just watching a car chase or just watching two attractive people, you know, make love uh, or be sexual with each other. And so it, if they're and, – and that's the point of that story. And I'm not – again, to get back to, to Kit's point, I'm not real interested in, in going to the theater to watch two people be sexual necessarily. There's – <laughs> There's a name for that type of entertainment <laughs> that I'm not real interested in participating in. Uh, but um, but if again to get back to if it's about the how and that that sexual content somehow furthers the, the story of, of of the people in the world that that you're interested in, it's it's completely appropriate. The, the other thing about sexuality that I think makes it really tough to deal with, uh, not tough, but you just have to be sensitive to all the variables, I think, is how an audience will react. It's really a high wire 
act you have to to walk because you want to tell the most appropriate story and you can't necessarily anticipate an audience's reaction but I think you have to be sensitive to the fact that for some audiences it, it may be uncomfortable and you may get responses that particularly in a live performance where the actors can feel how an audience is responding could be counter uh, run counter to your intended objectives. Um, several years ago, I was doing a play called uh, The Female Heart uh, about a husband and wife who had a, a sort of a codependent, semi-abusive, or that, that grew into just a abusive sexual situation. And in so we had to stage several scenes about how we had sex and what that, that ritual was like. And there was one aspect later in the play that became very violent and very uh, disturbing. And most of the audiences that we performed this for uh, were disturbing. It were disturbed. It was it was a really rough moment in the play. Um, but I remember specifically one night when we were doing the show, uh, there was a group of four or five girls who were uh, in, in the middle of the stage in front row. Uh, in the middle of the house in front row, I'm sorry. And when it got to sort of the emotional high point of that scene, they began laughing. And I could tell they weren't laughing because it was funny or it was ridiculous. They were laughing because they were genuinely uncomfortable, and that's a fairly common reaction. Um, I don't know how you account for that, but that's obviously not the reaction we were, you know, we're going for. You don't want to depict, you know, a rape and have people giggling and laughing about that. You know, it's not something that, the intent of that story was not to make that seem ridiculous. I don't know how you necessarily account for that, but it's a variable that needs to be considered is that you may make an audience so uncomfortable when you're, when you're depicting it, uh, in the manner in which you desired to and get reactions you didn't desire. Just tie, kind of tying into that visual, like just visual, complete visual reactions from an audience. I think, like, not just with nudity, but with anything, the more, the things I find most effective are when I'm left to fill in the blanks, when it's not directly presented to me. I know as an audience member when I'm watching a show, unless the uh, direction and action of the you know actors is so specific to the storytelling, I'm immediately distracted and shut down, actually, because I'm just... And then I get mad. <laughs> but that's a separate story. Uh, but visually speaking, I think the most effective use of... One of the most effective uses of uh, nudity on stage that I've seen was in a play that Rachel and I did called The Median Line with, uh, uh, by Kit. And um, the opening scene was a couple having sex and the, the woman was on top and uh, completely naked, but it was so choreographed that she was never, ever exposed. Um... And But certain lighting tricks and music was used that the audience was left to fill in the blanks. And the things I heard afterward about what people thought they saw um, ended up being much more effective than if we actually did those things. So I learned from that that to, to with other things as well. Just to, you know, yeah, be, people uh, insisted that they had seen... And I know her. they just definitely yeah. did And not. she actually was not naked. She was she actually not. Un- she was she, she had underwear on and she, she was she didn't have a top on, but, but he was covering but her. either he had his arm across her or her back was to the audience every time the lights were up. And it was actually I do remember somebody was like, I couldn't believe it, you could see everything. And as it happened, I was like, Did oh you know, well, I know you didn't see everything because she had something on on the bottom, but did the choreography get screwed up? 
um, on the day this person said it. And I happened, we happened to have videotaped the show that day. And I went back and watched it. And you didn't. You didn't see anything. But again, it's that hint. And I, I think um, part of the thing with the use of nudity specifically is I think nudity, there are probably exceptions, but honestly, I can't think of any, ought not to be used to make something sexy. Mm-hmm. It is much sexier to not quite see something yeah. than it is to see something. And nudity can be unbelievably effective to use if it's about being naked. If it's about either being strong in, in the nudity, about two people uh, being... I mean, we actually worked on a, on a show, Tim, a while ago, where there was this idea of this couple... Uh, who were having this big fight while they were changing after a party. And the idea that they were able to have this brutal fight with each other while undressing and that it did not phase either one of them, that the other person was had, uh, was whatever while they were... was, uh, I think, really helped the storytelling a lot and the familiarity and all that was at stake in terms of, um, you know, what they had to lose in the fight. Um... Or being, or being vulnerable. Yeah. You know, someone who, who is naked and exposed and, and feeling exposed so that the audience can empathize, like, that, that she's exposed, I am also exposed, but it's, 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 not, it's not sexy in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. I think it all goes back to being specific in the, in the storytelling and, like, what, you're, what exactly you're trying to do. I think that when you have two actors that are rooted very firmly in what's going on and then when they're on when they're on stage it it's very much just them dealing with each other then i think that you afford yourself um a little more room to 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 be as real with nudity and sexuality as you as as you want to be um but, you know, it's very obvious when an actor is very aware of the fact that they're naked in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's very obvious when they realize that they're engaging in something that, you know, or it's obvious when they're engaging in something that's not comfortable for them yeah. um, in front of a bunch of people. And that's when we as the audience get pulled out of a story. Yeah, because you, know? you can absolutely tell. You absolutely see it. I mean, and, and when you, you know, you, you have people just like ripping a shirt off and it's not about sex. It's not about being sexy. It's just about... You know, this is what we do, and we're having a fight right now. Actually, it, you can you can sink into that story without without even noting it. You know, and what's tough about that when you feel an actor feel almost disheartened by the fact that they're <laughs> now that you know that they're now at the point in the play where they're they're going to be nude for the audience. For me, you know, it, it pulls you up for so many reasons, but for me, I realized that the actor hasn't figured out a way to justify it for themselves, which means there's a problem with with what's going on with that actor in relation to what the collaboration was with the play, with the playwright, with the director. Everyone is not on the same page, and what it always winds up feeling like is, you know, the actor's been sent off to the gallows <laughs> where they are now being <laughs> exposed, you know, in front of audiences. Um, and in that... That just leads me to believe there's been something in the rehearsal process at some point that hasn't been adequately addressed to everyone's satisfaction, where they feel strong about the storytelling. Going back to what you were saying before, Tim, about the having to very carefully calibrate the moments of of nudity or sexuality, as a director who has 
done staged a lot of scenes like that, and I think a lot of directors have. It is actually one of the most challenging things to stage, and I think that there's a lot of ways in which I think a lot of people think, well, it, it, that it's such a burst of whatever. The moment where they walk out naked, you know, well, that's going to be that's going to be easy because that's a moment in and of itself. You really do have to so carefully calibrate everything that leads up to it, everything that doesn't. I know when there are moments that have nudity um, in a show that I don't want to be a laugh moment, I'm always very careful to give the audience an opportunity to dip their toe in it and laugh, get that reaction out before we get to the react, get to the moment where I absolutely don't want them to laugh at it. Um, you know, and it's that sort of technical thing that you have to be aware that no matter what you do, almost no matter how tight your storytelling, and certainly the tighter your storytelling is, the more the audience is going to accept the moment of nudity as a part of the story. But almost no matter what, somebody takes their shirt off, somebody drops their pants, somebody walks out of the bathroom naked, the audience is going to register for a moment that that is an actor up mm -hmm. there doing it. They're mm -hmm. going to. And either you can close your eyes and pretend that's not true, or you can use that. Because again, it ultimately, I think, moments of, sex, moments of sexuality that are about people who are totally comfortable and fine, and the fact that they're having a sexual moment is not a moment of uh, conflict and or anxiety, probably ought not to be in the play. Um, and therefore, if the idea is, and it certainly is true for a lot of things, that it's a moment of sexuality where there is some danger involved, either physical danger, but I mean emotional danger of revealing yourself to the other person, taking a risk on the other person, that you really can bring the audience into that moment as they're seeing somebody put themselves on the line. And it's both with nudity and also uh, with, with moments of sexuality that... that by, you know, really depicting it realistically and safely, which we'll talk about, but depicting it realistically, it can make the the audience aware of the fact that this is a dangerous thing that is happening here. And hopefully, if it is a moment worth putting on stage, it is a dangerous moment in one way or another for the character as well. And I also would say that is just something for directors, it's so important, but also for writers and for actors, that if you are going to have an actor on stage in the vulnerable position of either being nude or partially nude or simulating a sex act or something like that, you had better be sure that it is a good reason. It is just one of the most important things. I take so seriously the trust that actors put in me as a director when they're being asked to do something like that. And I think you absolutely have to. And it's not simply a matter of making it easy for them. You want to make it comfortable for them, but you want to be sure that it is really driving a story forward. And as an actor, if you're going to do that, you want to be sure that you're doing it in such a committed and specific way that it's really worth you putting yourself in that vulnerable position. And one of the ways, I, one of the things I've talked about before, and it's something that I think is, is really important or can be really effective, is the idea of implicating an audience. 
And one of the ways that you can really do it is a, a good enough, yeah. which which you and I have worked on, Rachel, se- uh, several times. A whole bunch of times. A whole <laughs> bunch of times. That there actually is. It's a, a, about... Uh, uh, actually, do you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about what it's about? <laughs> a synopsis of it? Well, what I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting play in the sort of lens of this discussion because... Not only is there sort of physical sexuality involved, but there's also a lot of discussion about sexuality in a very vulnerable, scary way for the actors that have to talk about it and confront it. But that it starts out in this really playful way about it, that you're watching this girl get undressed, and but you don't really see anything. Um, and hopefully the response that the audience is is giving off is like, oh, well, won't this be fun? And then her boyfriend comes in and it's like, oh, maybe we'll get to watch them make out a little bit. But this is, this is going to be a fun play to watch. And there's an interesting dynamic between them and they're talking about things and all that. Um, and then you learn some things from another character that make you sort of question the nature of the relationship. And, and there's a lot of pretty intense discussion of sexuality um and then at the end of the play you see the boyfriend again with the girl who's been in the this girlfriend who's been in the room the whole time um and he wants to mess around and now it is the very last thing that that audience would ever want to see and then just because of what they imagine might happen um and then still you don't really see anything the lights go out and you hear kind of what's happening. Um, and then you see the aftermath of what's happened. And it's so, so difficult. And they feel so... Not necessarily and, bad and, and that they wanted like, to see it in the beginning. But they, they feel a lot of... I don't know. They feel very responsible for their own lives, it seems, from the response that we've gotten from doing this play. Um... And for what they want for those characters. And that's the one moment of nudity is the, the second to last moment of the play. You finally do see something, but you don't want to. And it's so interesting because if you watch the audience watching it, in the first part when the character is kind of undressing and, you know, being playful and, and whatever, you see the audience kind of craning their neck to kind of get a better, you know, to see if they can see anything. And then at the end of the play, when... You know, you can absolutely absolutely see see, the audience is literally looking anywhere but at the actor. They're looking away. I mean, because it's such an uncomfortable moment, and that's I mean, that's kind of what you you do with implicating. And and I think that that idea of using the sexiness at the beginning, where again you don't actually see anything because of the way that it's staged, and 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 that idea of allowing the audience the opportunity to objectify the character and the actor. Mm -hmm. And then when you learn over the course of the play the ways in which that character is being objectified by somebody else, that when the audience is offered the opportunity at the end to blatantly objectify the person if they want to, there's a naked person sitting there for you to look at if you want to, that, that it makes it very hard then for the audience to escape to have, to have, to let it be a passive experience that it's not that it was something that happened to somebody else that that idea of these things that the boyfriend does which again is the idea not that he's a bad person but sort of what the culture uh, 
inspires in him, it makes it harder for the audience to separate themselves from that culture. Um, because they were put in a position early on to do kind of exactly what the boyfriend did. And I've always thought you were very brave for doing that. So. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so if we, can, if we agree that nudity and sexuality can be an effective storytelling tool when deployed responsibly and, um, and thoughtfully and carefully, as actors and writers and directors, let's talk a bit about how to handle that in terms of, obviously, there are things that we see happen with the characters, but these are actors who need to do those things. And how do we do it effectively or safely? <laughs> how do we do it? Or are you talking about like starting from the beginning, like audition process and all that stuff? Well, let's start with <laughs> <laughs> There are so, so many things yeah. to talk Ignore about. Ignore what I just said. Yeah. And, and there are many different places where it comes up. So let's start with before an actor is even cast in a role. What needs to be discussed between the actor and the director before the person's even cast in a role? I personally <laughs> think that uh, it needs to be very clear. It just needs to be very clear. Because you as an actor have a right to make a choice about what, what you're getting. For several reasons, you have, you have to make a choice. Two reasons, actually, I'll get into that. But um, I think one way or the other it needs to be very clear. It either needs to be discussed at an audition or casting process, or it needs to uh, be so clear in the material that this may, this may very well be something that you're going to address. You can't be cast in our town and, like, halfway through the rehearsal process, they decide all the ghosts should be naked. (laughs) (laughs) Although although I will say there was uh, a lesson that I learned. There was a show that uh, Jenny and I worked on uh, a little while ago uh, that... Um, it could not have been clearer in the script. It was a script about oh, yeah. um, a couple who has another woman that the husband has been having an affair with this woman and the, oh, uh, the other woman decides the best way to fix it is to have the three of the... And it's a play about how a threesome happened. I mean, this is what the play was about. <laughs> it was called Sleepover. You're going to be naked. It could not... Well, there was no nudity. <laughs> but it could not have been more clear in the text what happened. And we got into rehearsal and one of the actors was like, oh, I didn't realize that's well, what we was happening Well, we were like well here. into rehearsal too. Yeah, I and think no matter... No matter, <laughs> no matter what, what the text, it. it's your responsibility as the director mm-hmm. when you're in the casting process to make sure that the actors that are going to have to deal with sexuality and nudity, I think both. Because yeah. I, I think the reason, the two choices I was saying is because I think that one, what seems like obvious reasons, you have everyone has their own limitations or their own feelings about things and they have the right to make a choice about what they're going to be involved in. But more importantly, like I have my issues with it. It has to be so specific and so needed for me to do it. And, um, but my bigger choice for turning down a role that I don't feel or I feel uncomfortable with for whatever reason is because I, trying to tell the story through me, the story will not get told because I'm aware of my own limitations. And it does not serve the, the story or the director for me to do the part. That's why I need to be clear on what's happening so I can make a choice that will best serve everyone. And it needs, even if it's like clear in the material and you, you have like a, you know, a discussion ahead of time, it, uh, the discussion needs to 
be like point for point specific because you can say, you know, and then here's the part where they have sex. That means so many different things depending mm -hmm. on the director. Uh, you know, what, what it likes some directors think it's just get under the covers and move around. You know, mm -hmm. some people want to, you know, show things. And so you have to know, like, it's, it's always this big gray area. And even in like a stage direction, it's a gray area. Like what actually happens when people are involved sexually is, is like five times, 10 times the story of what's written in the stage directions. And so the director needs to be incredibly specific about what the limit is of what can happen or what the range of options is that could happen. Like we might do this, but we also might do this and you have to be okay with all of those things, not just like two thirds of them. Mm -hmm. That I think that's the, the important thing is that discussion needs to be as specific as possibly can in terms of a range. Because as as we said, you know, when when nudity or sexuality is, or sexuality is an effective storytelling tool, is that when it's about something more than just the literal circumstance, you know. When you're up for a play, you know, I know I've gone in for auditions where I've known, okay, nudity will be required. That may or may not mean anything. I've done plays where I've had to be nude, uh, and I felt it was justified once I knew we were going to be nude. I read the play. I understood the context in which I was going to be nude. I spoke with the director beforehand. Uh, we had a lot of discussion about how that would uh, be handled um, to a point where I felt comfortable both for myself and as a storytelling tool. I think those are two things that, that are important. The actor needs to feel comfortable for themselves and uh, uh, they also need to be comfortable in that it's it's they need to be satisfied artistically that it's it's a viable storytelling device. I've also uh, been up for plays or uh, been considered for plays or been asked to do plays where there's sexuality or nudity that I knew up front I was told, you know, this play will be some explicit sexual content. I'm like, oh, okay. And in one particular case, I read the play, and what they were asking me to do was really just so vulgar, and in my opinion, was about as pornographic as you could get. And the fact that it was happening in a theater and not on a, you know, not on a cheap digital camera didn't change <laughs> the fact for me that it was all but pornographic. And uh, I'm glad that I, I. Got that script beforehand. I'm glad that he gave me that script because we got to have what was a really uncomfortable uh, uh, discussion, but a frank discussion, an honest discussion prior to me agreeing to do the play. And I ultimately wound up uh, not doing the play because we had a really sort of intense, frank discussion about whether we thought that was uh, necessary. I liked a lot of the play but didn't really uh, see the justification for this particular sexual act. And it's it's this weird, again, it's this weird calibration where the more sort of intense and exposed, I think, uh, the, the sexual act is, the more it needs to be justified. Mm -hmm. And what that moment was asking me to do was uh, going to be uh, so, was going to require so much of me that the play really needed to support that, and it didn't. And I think when an actor has a, I can only speak as an actor, when an actor's having a conversation with a director about that. Um, I don't need to know necessarily specifically what's going to happen, although that can be nice to know. What I need to know is I need to walk away from that conversation with confidence that the director uh, is completely aware of what that story is, we're on the same page on what that story is, and then I can feel confident that regardless of what they're going to ask of me, that I'm going to be able to do it 
in a way that's going to effectively tell this story. And as an actor, as an artist, is going to allow me to to you know afford me my dignity. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that particular case, with that conversation, I left that knowing that that was not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously that's why I turned it down. Well, I think related to that, uh, Tim, is something that I think is really important and is a bit complicated is as a storytelling tool, I do think ultimately the director needs to be the one who's the arbiter of what is and is not appropriate to the story that's being told. Um, and an actor, therefore, needs to be given as much information as possible to decide if they want to be a part of that story. That said, that, not even that said, that's unbelievably important. But I have been involved in a couple of situations where, and actually one of them where I just think the actor is being dishonest, really liked the play, but it was a play that was written and actually, I'm not sure that it matters, but was written by a female playwright where the last moment of the play was this the woman takes off her shirt in front of her boyfriend. I mean, they're, they're high school sweethearts. And he's an artist, and she and he's drawn all these nude photos. That's that's all. He's, he's drawn all of these nude pictures of her of what he imagined she looks like. And the last moment of the play is her saying, "I want you to draw me for real," and taking off her shirt. It was really quite beautiful, quite lovely, absolutely essential to storytelling. We had a long conversation with the actor ahead of time. She said absolutely she wanted to do it. It came time to do it three days before we opened, and she said, I've decided I don't think it's important to the storytelling, so I'm not going to do it. And it was clear she never intended to do it. And, and I think, like, that sort of thing isn't fair for an actor to do. And on one hand, like, the director must be very clear about what the actor did. We ended up, at that point, it was too late to recast it. We ended up doing something else which was lovely, where it was more about... Because actually the other actor was her boyfriend, and so she was all right there. So we had her back to the audience, and which was fine, but actually made the last moment about him rather than about her, which was what the playwright was trying to do, is about her getting up the nerve to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it fundamentally changed the story. Um, you know, so I mean, I, I, I think that's part of why it's really important. As a director, you must be very, very, very clear about not only what you want to happen, but also anything you might want to have happen. I know certainly uh, you, uh, Rachel, directed a play that I wrote where nudity was not written into it but you thought you might want to, and so you said to the actors ahead of time, this is an option we want to have on the table, this is where we would use it. Yeah, and actually it was, I've been thinking about that as we've been talking about it because of what you said about knowing, that you're very good about knowing when you're not the right person to do something, and I was so frustrated because I was a little nervous about the fact that I really felt like I wanted it to at least be something that was present in rehearsal because this was a play about a very specific circumstance where this guy walks in to a bachelor party where there are strippers and one of the strippers is his girlfriend. And you don't see any of that, but you see the discussion they have in the other room about the fact that he didn't know that this is what she was doing while she was in school. Um, And at least in rehearsal, I wanted that to be a real thing, that where they had just come from was present and that she could be, she was covered for the discussion, but just kind of, you know, um, very in the moment covered. Um, and I talked to, and I was very clear about it when we were talking to 
the actresses that we were considering using. And I had to, I think we probably went through 15 really good choices that didn't, that weren't okay with it. And it was so frustrating, but we ended up with someone who we met later in the casting process who was okay with it and turned out to be the perfect person to do it. In part because she was okay with it. In part because she was okay with it and she thought it was an interesting aspect of this story to explore. And in part because she was really the right, I mean, in a lot of other ways, she was the right kind of girl for this particular role. And I would be, I would have been, it would have been too bad if we hadn't kept looking and found her. This is a kind of separate issue, but just to, it, it is a, that's a, a huge responsibility for an actor is to, to real because what it really boils down to, I think, is getting getting over yourself and your ego. Because and being it, honest with yourself, about being what honest, you're really with comfortable with, because you yeah. could be you could be I could be I the things I'm uncomfortable with, I could be completely comfortable with in six months mm-hmm. or not. I don't know, but the bottom line bottom line is until you get over that that ego crap, you, you're not going to be a good storyteller. <laughs> that that's sort of how I feel about it, but I think that's that's a lot of why people say they're sure, 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 I'll be fine with it. It's because they want to be that person that's cool with it, right. versus who they are in the moment. And I think ultimately, I, I will also say that as a director, there have been there have been three cases. One, the one that I that I said <laughs> before. Um, one where it actually was the case where the what I mentioned before where the actor did not understand what was happening in the play from having read it um, and and that there was no nudity in that but there was some sexuality that she was uncomfortable being depicted and there was one other case where it was just I think exactly what you just said Carrie which was somebody who was like yes I want to be a kind of and then when it came time to do it they didn't want to ultimately in each one of those cases you have to. You can't make an actor do something. You like can that. recast them. You if can recast. Them. The, I mean, yeah. that that's your prerogative. Also, is to say this is the story. I I need an actor who can do this. I'm going to recast you. But you know, as happened in those cases, it, there was an opportunity. Although I would say, except for the case where I think the actor from the beginning never had any intention of doing it, her I would have recast if there was time. She was very careful not to say she was not comfortable until she was confident it was too late to recast the role. The other two, though, I think were honest. I don't think they lied to me. I, I mean, I don't think they lied to anyone. I think yeah. one of them really thought they would do it. The other one, I'm not sure why, but didn't understand. I mean, I, to this day, do not, cannot fathom how she did not understand that. The, like, literally, she didn't understand the characters had sex in the scene. I have no idea how she did not know. I have no idea how she did not know that because it is literally, it says in the stage directions and then there are lines about it. Well, and you had discussions with her about it. um, But in those cases where I think it was honest, I don't think I would have have recast them. You know, but I do think it's just one of those agreements where, you know, everyone just has, the director needs to take care of the actors, but the actors also need to do their very best to stand by you know, what they had said they would do. And that said, you can't ask somebody to get up and take their clothes off in front of a room full of 100 people if they just are not prepared to do it. You just can't. You just can't. I think what, you know, the, the word you use that I'm latching on to is, is honesty. In that, you know, if, if both the director and the actor have an honest conversation about what they need, one of my friends recently walked out of a play, it had nothing to do with sexuality because there was a, a fight scene 
in which the director had staged it, in which uh, a shovel was going to be swung at his head. And they staged it where the person attacking him, they did not have a, 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 a I guess, a very strong fight choreographer. The person was spinning blind and <gasps> and was going to swing a shovel at them. And when the, and they assured him, listen, this will be taken care of, it, you know, it won't be dangerous. And then they brought in a real shovel. And the actor said, you know, and the actor was like, I'm not doing this. You have, you know, a woman who's barely the size of the shovel swinging it blind at me. I'm not doing this play. And it was very late. And he said, you know, unless you get, you reblock this where we can make eye contact beforehand and you stage it in a way in which it is illustrated that she's, you know, going to come close to striking me, but will not actually literally become becoming close to striking me, and we don't have a real shovel so that none of us are in danger, I'm not doing this play. And uh, the director uh, basically attempted to convince him to do it as was, and he walked, and I think he had every right to walk. So it's it, it's the same aspect of that, and ultimately it's going to be the actor out there. And I think Kit makes a great point that you, you can't ask an actor to do something they're unprepared to do. So I think the key is is that you do everything to prepare each other. Mm-hmm. For for what that moment is, and as long as you have a frank, honest conversation about you know what you're willing to do and what you both feel the play requires, mm-hmm. I think you'll come. The, the collaboration I think will be successful. I think what you don't want to do is indict the artistic sensibilities of the other, which I think is easy to do. I think it's very easy for a director to convince an actor or attempt to convince an actor that they are not a brave actor or they are not a good actor or they're not being true to their art if if they don't get naked. And I think it's very easy for uh, an actor to uh, be aware of that knowledge and refuse to do something and have leverage because they can accuse the director of attempting to be manipulative or exploitive. And so it just requires an honest conversation. And I think it is totally fair, given what I said before about if you if you have agreed as an actor to do something you ought to try. I also think it's totally fair for an actor to say, I don't think this is justified. Mm-hmm. But I think the place to start is not, then let's not do it. It's, let's justify it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... And if it can't be justified, you know, the... You know, again, I do think ultimately the arbiter of whether it's justified or not needs to be the director. And I think an actor, a director needs, always needs to earn the trust of the actors. The, the, just always, no matter what. Especially in a show like this. In a show that, that involves that sort of material. Um, you know, and the thing is, is that if you trust your director and they're telling you it works, you ought to trust them. You ought to trust them. But if you haven't, if you as a director have not taken the time and effort and all that it takes to get the trust of your actor and they're refusing to do something that you're asking of them, unless, unless they are deliberately, you know, whatever, the, part of it's on you and you need to fix it. You can't just accuse them. I think that's so important. It, and this really goes for any conversation I have in general, but... It's particularly for any sort of artistic collaboration. If I'm voicing concerns and I feel those concerns are being addressed, I'm much, 
I, I feel like I'm in a position where I can trust that director. If I'm raising concerns and those concerns are dismissed as unimportant, I don't feel I can trust the director. And at that point, you're going to have a lot more problems, I think, in, in terms of having a successful collaboration. Yeah, that's the thing about the honest conversation is, yes, there's an honest conversation around casting, but then that has to continue to be a conversation in yeah. a way. Mm-hmm. And creating, I mean, yeah, you'll never get an actor to be okay being naked if they're not okay in general. And especially in a play where this stuff is very present, the space has to be so safe. You know, everyone, the trust level has to be really, really high to, for you to believe that the director is saying, yes, it works. This, this storytelling moment is doing what we want it to do. Everybody has to feel so, so safe. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of safety, I mean, I think we dealt with this in an earlier podcast, but I, I don't know if I, if, if I articulate this correctly by safe, particularly as a, it relates to anything, but I think particularly as it would relate to sexuality and nudity, where you are so exposed, I think to use your word, which I think is, is really appropriate. Safety doesn't mean feeling coddled and feeling no. nurtured. Safety, for me, means you feel empowered to make the choices that are most appropriate. And I think if an actor feels artistically empowered, yeah. they can do nearly anything. And something that I will say that I think is so important and something you struck on right there with that word coddle, that's the worst thing you can do to an actor who has to put themselves in a vulnerable position because it makes them feel like they shouldn't be doing this thing they're doing, like it isn't safe. And I think that idea of you need to trust when an actor has said, yes, I am going to take my clothes off. Yes, I am going to simulate oral sex. Whatever it is you're doing, they have made that choice, allowed them to make that choice, make them safe, be responsible, be respectful, but don't treat them like a child. Or a victim. Or a victim, or a victim, which is really important. And I know it's something, Jenny, you are, you and I work together very often where you're either my associate or, or a stage manager or something, and it's something that I just know I do, for instance, is that I will say, for instance, before we do a scene where that happens, I'll say, Jenny, uh, is, is somebody outside the door? Jenny, are we, have we locked the door? Whatever. Rather than to make sure that the actor hears it, to make sure they know, but without having to go up to them and say, Rachel, don't worry, we've locked the door. Because yeah. it makes it them feel like they're doing something unsafe. Yeah. And it is just something that, as a director, you need to be aware of how you're talking about these things, how you're dealing with these things. It is the height of social situation, of how to deal with that. And, and it's just something, just to say to directors... I do think that nudity and sexuality can be really effective storytelling tools, but you need to be on your game. You need to really be there to take care of your actors, and in a sophisticated way. Not by rubbing them on the shoulder when they're done with the scene and telling them how brave they were. What's, I think, really vital with that (laughs) is that... (laughs) One of the things regarding that is, you know, in terms of making your rehearsal space safe or, you know, so that you can empower your actors. Is I think when you have those moments, a lot of times people, I, I think directors feel they're doing actors a favor by saying, we won't, you know, we won't get to that moment till later, or you don't have to get naked now, or you don't have to have that sexual act now until later. And what I've learned is that actually it's once all the conversations have, have happened, you can't force anyone to do anything that's in... 
uh, th- th- that's not in, in keeping with their own sort of artistic momentum. But I've learned as an actor, I'll take on the responsibility that I want to address that as quickly as possible. I had two different occasions. One was in The Female Heart where, uh, and I'm very thankful for, for the actress who I worked with on this, who, who played my wife, who I needed to abuse. And we're in rehearsal. It's the first time we're blocking her on our feet, and there's a moment where I need to uh, smack her in the butt. And I knew that moment was coming, and it sort of just struck me in rehearsal once we got on our feet how quickly that moment happened. And I realized I hadn't really built in the things that needed to lead up to that moment. So I was incredibly uncomfortable uh, and was really kind of awkward and goofy about actually you know, smacking her in the butt. And I, I, I love her for this. She finally, after like third time of me sort of half doing it and being goofy about it, she... Or getting that moment and just sort of bailing right before I need to. She just turned to me and she just goes, and forgive my language, she just turned to me and she goes, look, just smack me in the ass. And it reduced all the tension because I realized she was going to be okay. She was going to be safe. We could now get on with what that moment needed to be. The, the second one was when I, uh, I, I had the opportunity to take me out, which is a beautiful play. And it was up front, we were all clear, there was going to be nudity in this play. And... I got down to rehearsal, and it's a you know it's a three act play. It's you know, probably two and a half hours. People are new to the play for approximately ninety seconds, but all any of us were talking about were the nudity. When we were going to get nude, how we were going to get nude, what that was going to be like. We're going to get nude for you know four weeks, six nights a week. You know <laughs> how many people are going to see us nude? And I'm sitting there going, "This is a gorgeous play that is about so many things." And, you know, we're obsessing over over the nudity. So when we got into rehearsal, and you know, the director uh, was a wonderful, wonderful director named Terry Martin. Uh, if you ever have the opportunity to work with him, I, I certainly suggest it. And he said the right thing. He said, listen, when you're comfortable, get nude. He's like, obviously we need to do this probably before tech. But, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, do it in your own time. But I realized that the longer we waited the more it was going to be a thing. And it was going to be this thing that we would do that would have all this weight. And in most cases in the in the, the play, uh, uh, having it be a huge thing for the actor was not going to be helpful. So the first day we blocked it, uh, it's uh, the, the scene in which I needed to be uh, nude uh, was with... Several other men were in the shower. We're a baseball, professional baseball team. We're all in the shower together. So he's blocking us, and we're all there. And so I got down in my boxer shorts. And everyone's like, okay. So sort of everybody else was in sort of varying stages of undress. And we were going to run it one more time. And I didn't say anything to anybody. And we go to run it one more time. And right before we ran it, I just pulled off my boxers and threw them to the side. I'm standing there in rehearsal, the rehearsal hall. Uh, with all the actors, with the stage manager, with the designers, with the director, naked. Mm-hmm. And I just threw them off right before we started, and everybody cracked up laughing, you know, for like a good minute. Everyone just laughed, um, basically because I, I dove into the deep end of the pool. And, <laughs> you know, we went through that rehearsal, and, you know, we had a great laugh about it. We went out that night and talked about it. And the next day in rehearsal, when it came to those moments absolutely everyone, with the exception of two actors who had a much more uh, uh, intensive thing regarding their their nudity, every other actor in the play was nude. And it was a thing that became uh, 
very comfortable. And we got to get on with doing the play rather than spending three weeks half rehearsing the play and half worrying about what it was going to be like when we were nude. Something that I do in rehearsal, um, which I just recommend, because it's something I stumbled upon once years ago and it works, is when there are moments of nudity specifically, or partial nudity. I mean, when we're talking about nudity, you know, I mean, sometimes it's totally naked, sometimes it's down to your underwear, sometimes it's whatever, is that I will say to the actor, on Tuesday the 15th, we're going to do it for real. Up until then, you can ease your way to it. You can wear a snowsuit up until then. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I'm not going to push you. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to ask you to try anything. But on the 15th, we're doing it for for real. And up until then, whatever. But tell them on the first day of rehearsal. This is and what I have found, without exception, is without exception, is the person has done it at least three days before, um, before that thing because they're empowered. It's their thing. It's their choice. It's their choice when to do it. Um, they do it when they feel they need to do it. Which one I think helps create the sense of safety. And also something else I'll tell you is if you do that, you have to stay true to your promise. You cannot say, well, could we just see what it looks like if. Um, But the other thing is, which I think is even more important, is it helps the actor find the storytelling. It helps me find the storytelling in such interesting ways when the moments of nudity or whatever can come about as a natural part of rehearsal. And one thing, actually, a show we just recently worked on, Realer Than That, which is this show, this woman who's trying to seduce this man, it's much more complicated than that. But actually, the actor, even before I could say that to her, said, you know what, I just really feel like I know I have to get down to my underwear, but I really want to wait until I've got the costume of the character so I can see how she does it. And I said, of course. And this was the date, which is after you've got the costume, and you can do up until then whatever you want. I said, good, 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 because I don't want to. The next day in rehearsal, we were working, and one of the things that, the exercise that I had given her was I told her, like, she could move three times over the course of the entire play, She because she had been sort of just chasing him around, and I said, you know, try to see how you can do it, and what happened was halfway through, she was getting so frustrated, and she just, and one of the lines is, will you just fuck me, is the line, and what she did was she whipped off her shirt, is, would you just fuck me, and what she realized in that moment and owned for the rest of the process is getting undressed for her in this play, for this character, was a source of power, not a source of shame. That was the thing that she had that exerted control over him. And it made all the difference in the world that she discovered that on her own in the course of rehearsal. And it made it, again, something that we could have talked about till the cows came home. The fact that she discovered it in a, in a run and that she took responsibility for that made all the difference in the world. And I think changed my vision of that specific moment. Um, and it actually, in the play that, that you were talking about, uh, Rachel, with the strippers, mm-hmm. that it was a similar thing that, 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 that where she had a jacket on over and was topless under the jacket, but had a jacket on over it. And there was one point at which, um, you know, she kind of stands up to the boyfriend and she dropped the jacket in rehearsal one day and just stood there and said, all right, what do you want me to do? And there was something, again, about the idea of the amount of power that she had in that moment. Yeah, there is something about nudity and sexuality. I mean, it depends how you work as a director and, you know, what the actors are comfortable with. But um, 
letting there be a fair amount of play that, you know, sort of creating a safe zone, you have to be really specific about what everybody is ready for and okay with. Um, but letting, letting it be objective driven and letting it, there be sort of games that are getting played in rehearsal, like you can only move three times or whatever, um, in, in finding the meat of the scene, um, that those moments can be much more effective than anything a director could think of would be a really powerful moment of nudity or sexuality. Because the other interesting thing that happened in that scene was she's, she is doing this thing and she's got all this power and she gets really, really angry. And I directed Kit in this play. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, and, and it was so hurtful or something it created it was this incredibly difficult argument for the two actors and characters to have the dynamic of that relationship and the only way that in in the way we were playing with the scene that he could get her to be quiet was to kiss her and I would have never asked them to kiss each other I don't think in that entire play I would never have sort of conceived that, but it was so powerful and it, w- it was the perfect thing to get the play to, to the next place it needed to be. That I remember that moment and actually it was a, a great discovery in rehearsal because again, she again had dropped the jacket and was being very aggressive. It was like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And it, and it happened that she was all in my face and I just grabbed her. It, it was about taking the power back from her. Mm-hmm. And kiss her, and then the next line is, "Will you just fucking stop it?" Which, <laughs> I mean, it actually became. And again, I wrote, I wrote that play. I never imagined that, ever imagined that moment that way. You, I never imagined it as an actor before it happened. You never imagined it as a director before it happened. I mean, that is just a, a gen- about the value of really empowering actors to yeah. explore. Is yeah, discovery and rehearsal process is amazing in lots of ways, and certainly where these, where where the actors can feel empowered to use. The way they're discovering the character and their own sexuality. I mean, where those lines blur is odd. I want to talk a little bit about discovery and 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 play in rehearsal because there, even if you've discussed like there's a range of things that can happen, or you know, you know, we might try this or we might try that. If there's a an element of improv in a sexual situation, that that requires an extra bit of care because. If you're acting in a scene and suddenly someone, like, grabs your breast and you weren't expecting it, like, what is, what do you have to be okay with happening in a rehearsal? What do you have to discuss? What, like, if it's not in the script and it's not something that's been discussed ahead of time? I think the second you're touching another human being, it has to be discussed. Okay. I, I, I certainly, I just... There's a certain amount of risk-taking and stuff like that, but it, uh, to me, it's no different than swinging a shovel at somebody's head. Mm-hmm. Some lunatic <laughs> actors would be totally into that. Be like, yeah, it's alive. Let's see if I can dodge a shovel every night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some people that are into that. I, do, uh, I think it's no violence in, in any of that stuff. It's, the minute your physical body is touched or dealt with in any way by somebody else, it just, I, I personally think it is. But is it the same with kissing? Like, what if somebody kisses you and you weren't expecting it? Do you have to be okay with them trying to kiss you? I mean, I think, I think this is a place actually where it gets very dangerous and why it is very valuable for a director to have a high emotional intelligence quotient, as it were, and be able to get a well, read yeah, on yeah. other actors exactly. of, it's of what of what you can do because generally I find 
there are some things where it is going to be, you know, where it is going to be explicit. You know what it's going to be, where it's a very specific storytelling one, where you can just... Usually, actually, those moments come either at the beginning or end of a scene. It is very rare that in the middle of a scene, people start performing oral sex on each other. That rarely <laughs> happens in the middle of a scene. Either that's the scene. But seriously, that's the way a scene starts or the way a scene ends, and you can't say, all right, let's stop. We've gotten to the point where that happens, and we're going to stage that when it comes time to stage that. There are things, though, where, where I find a lot of it is about sitting down. If you've built up the trust with people, you say, all right, we're going to run this. It has the thing where you guys are making out. There's groping. There's, you know, that there might be breast grabbing in this mm-hmm. moment. You know, it, you know, when you talk about these are things that could conceivably happen in this moment, let's talk about what our boundaries are. What do we feel all right about? What don't we feel all right about at this stage of exploration? And if somebody says, I don't want anyone to, you know, do, you know, then whatever it is they say, then that's the rule at that moment. Most of the time I find actors, especially if you are really moving, they, you know, they say, well, I don't really want to set any... You know, I don't know. We'll see what's appropriate. But what I find, and again, if you've built up the trust, and I think it works really terrifically well, is to really empower people and say, we're in a risky part of this thing. It's risky. It's, you know, it's, 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 I think we all have agreed because hopefully at that point you've talked about in table work why it's important that this is what's going on in the scene. And just to say, this is a place where always you are, but especially here, say stop. If you want to stop a scene, there is absolutely nothing wrong with stopping it at all. No matter what, there's no shame in it. I'll stop it if I think it's going too far. But as a result, don't censor yourself. Because that's the worst thing. When people are going through and it's like, oh, this is a making out scene. And so let yeah. me let me look like I'm making out with this person. In an exploratory time of rehearsal, that's just not helpful. But if you say anyone and there's no shame and get everyone to agree and it's important you know they look at each other if we say stop we'll stop and it's cool whatever just happened is cool we just learned that we're stopping there it really it empowers people it actually usually lets people go an extra step or two beyond where they would normally want to where which is where you learn things that's actually that's actually more of what i meant (laughs) is that no really because I, i think that it's like you have to know your boundaries but you can't i think with anything any especially this kind of stuff that you can't limit yourself before you even tried it. But you have to feel safe to the minute your alarms go off to say, okay, that that's the thing I don't want to happen anymore. And I think the reason why you know you likened it to, to the stage combat moment, and the reason I likened it to the stage combat moment, is because if certain specific things need to be happened, those need to be declared, I think, and then worked through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a lot of scenes where I've had to, you know, uh, be sexual with, with my scene partner. And there's ways of doing that where, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to get absolutely, let me put it this way. As an actor, there's a certain level of decorum you have. I've had to kiss a lot of girls on stage. I have never felt as an actor, it was appropriate for me to stick my tongue in their mouth. (laughs) I have never felt it was appropriate for me to get to second base and, you know, and, and, you know, grab their breasts or grab their, now there's a way to communicate that level of sexuality through kissing, through being close, through what that energy is. And then if it's decided, you know what, you need to do this or this moment needs to be that. Okay. Now we've declared that and we can block that the same way we would a stage combat moment. 
in rehearsal, it, it's sort of a similar thing, again, with violence, is like there's been points where uh, we've done a rehearsal and I'll have an impulse to hit someone or mm-hmm. kick someone or do something violent. And you either, I think, I think you either stop that moment and say, you know what, this is the moment I really want to hit him, is that appropriate? And then we block that. Or... I let that energy go somewhere else. I find something else to do with that energy. And then I come back and say, you know what I really wanted to do in that moment was hit that person. <laughs> and then you deal with it. I think it's sort of the same thing with sexuality in that, you know, I think you can kiss. I think most actors are comfortable with that. I think you can be close. I think you can be touching. I think you can be on top of each other. I think you can be rolling around. I think anytime it gets to a point where something needs to happen, uh, that's a specific sexual act. I think it's, it's safe and fair to, to declare that and then work through that moment, see if that moment is justified, and then work through that moment so it's it's handled appropriately. Well, that's part of the thing with... Well, I was going to say, I think that probably, the, as a, strictly as an actor, like for me, it's before you even, in the, completely independent of anyone else who's going to be in the room, just talking with your partner about what the boundaries are before it's an announcement, before it's like a, we're all talking together and this is where and like we can all say stop... Even before that, just to just to seize control specifically of your situation, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not it, it's not about anyone but you and your partner at that moment. And it's like we're in this together. And once you've established that, you know, inevitably the director will say like, okay, now this is what the ground rules are. Blah blah blah. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to work with directors that are actually very mindful of what's going on, and you know. It's always addressed, but it's, you know, whenever it's coming up and we see it coming up as actors, it's like even beforehand, just make sure you've communicated what those boundaries are. And I think that that even allows for for those actors, just as you were saying earlier, to go a few steps further than, than, they, than they thought they might be able to. And it also, I mean, sometimes that announcement, you know, can also... You know, you you also want to push yourself. You know, if you're if you're acting, if you're doing a scene, you want to push yourself. And sometimes that you know the announcement can't help. But sometimes it can also put you in a headspace of okay, if am, am I? And I guess for me, it's like I'm rarely the person that's actually being acted upon. I'm usually the aggressor. This is this is very specific to me. But as the person who has to do most of the advancing, at that point, you know, you you I feel more timid. Unless I've mm-hmm. spoken directly with that person, mm-hmm. you know, beforehand. And I think that as an actor, you, you just have to. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I think is such, and you strike on such an important thing there, which is you need to, as a director, but uh, you need to take care of the room, not just the person who's in the traditionally vulnerable position. Because if you are the quote-unquote aggressor, if you are the person who is in the room with the person who is naked, you know, that's something that especially if you are a sensitive and good person is a very complicated situation for you. And I think that that can be a mistake. Is it, Again, part of it is not wanting to coddle the actor, you know, because I think it takes away some of their power. But I think be aware of this person just took off their clothes in this scene and it is helpful at the end to say, all right, terrific, is everybody good? Everyone good? All right. And if somebody's not, then talk about it. You know, because it is. It's a complicated social situation. You're all there to work together and help each other. And it impacts on on everyone in the room. I was just about to hit on the point that I think it's important that 
as an actor, you actively take responsibility for the rendering and for the work at that point. Because when you fully believe and you're fully invested in what you're doing, and this sounds so green and pat, but I mean, this is actually, I mean, I, I think it's actually something that I forget, you know, which is probably why I'm so bad. No. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, but I think that um, when you believe in the rendering, specifically and you feel like it you feel like it's a collaboration not like you're being forced into anything you're 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 just more apt to to come up with something that is that that renders the story most effective most effectively and so i, I anyway so that's just long and short just, just taking responsibility and seizing a, a you know however many shares of power is necessary in order for you to 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 do what you need to do your job I think when things feel obligatory, that moment never rings true. And therefore, for me, it, it's it's important to have a sense of play. You know, I think particularly when you have uh, moments, no matter how potentially serious or dramatic uh, or dark or light, you know, is, is if there's a sense of collaborative play. I, I know whenever I, whenever I have to do a scene that re- regards sexuality. And when I know I'm going to be with a scene partner, where you may be very, very intimate, you know, one of the, the first things I always say to her is, "Listen, um, I want to apologize up front if I get turned on, and I want to apologize up front if I don't." And that sort of sets, you know, because there's so many variables of vulnerability there. Of you know that you, it sort of sets the tone that hey, you know, we're in this together. And I'm not really sure what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but you know, let's let's take care of each other. Let's just have have some fun with this, and, and whatever this moment needs to be, it's going to be. And uh, because whenever it's obli- whenever it's obligatory, it gets difficult. I, I was recently doing a, a reading of a, a play where of the play Jeffrey, and we're in rehearsal, and the character I'm playing is gay, and my boyfriend enters the play, and we're blocking it, and we greet each other, and then I went on to the next moment. And the director said, would you mind kissing him in that moment? Would you mind kissing him hello? And, you know, I, I, I'm i a heterosexual man in life, and it just hadn't occurred to me to do that. But when he offered that choice, I went, you know what, yeah, that's completely appropriate. That is what I would do as that character. So I went, yeah, sure. And then he went, you know, you don't have to do it now. And all of a sudden it loaded that moment. I, you know, I was completely prepared so like, oh yeah, of course, because you know I've I've had to do I've, I've had to kiss men on stage before. The very first play I ever did was Prelude to a Kiss, and so I was completely prepared to yes, and it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big moment at all. It's because it wasn't even a sexual moment. It was yeah. When I greet my boyfriend, I would kiss him on on the lips, you know, as that character. But the second he said, "You don't have to now," it 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 loaded it with such tension of. Okay, the straight guy is going to be kissing a man in this moment, and it added so much tension in in that room for, is, for me. It is so funny because I had precisely the same moment doing Jeffrey. Really, I I, 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 I played Sterling in Jeffrey, mm-hmm. and and there, and it was exactly the same moment, which was when you know the boyfriend comes in, the director who was gay said, "Would you mind kissing him there?" And I said, "Sure." Said, well, you don't have to if you don't want to. You don't have to now, and it's like. Which actually brings up sort of a side question, but let's throw it out there. What about playing characters who are of a different sexual orientation than you are? And, and actually, just starting for a moment, is that something that requires any special conversation ahead of time? Because I would say, I think if there's a husband and a wife in a play, 
I certainly would feel comfortable asking them to kiss when the husband came home without feeling like that would be something I'd need to check with the actors ahead of casting. If there is a same-sex kiss in a play, is that something that you need to check with the actors? Or, if it's an actor that you know is gay and it's a straight kiss, do you need to check that with the actors? I think you have the same conversation that you would have prior to to accepting a role or asking someone to play a role, um, if necessary, requiring any type of, of, of sexual activity. Somebody's sexual orientation is one more given circumstance of that character and of that play. And as an actor, if I know the character is gay, again, I, I sort of know what I'm in for. And if I read this play and I know I have a lover in this play, and you know, specifically in, in Jeffrey's that example, there's, there's three moments of that play that, uh, going back and looking at the initial stage directions, where there were kissing. There, there was kissing. And at the end of the play, there's a moment where they kiss that is... Vital climactic important. moment. The climatic, the it's, it's, yeah. it's very important. Now, I read the play, obviously, before showing up for rehearsal. So, <laughs> you know, which, as a good actor, might want to do. Um, we can do a podcast on that later. Um, but, so, you know, I, I again, as you said earlier about the actor, you don't know how they would miss that. I walk in rehearsal knowing this character is gay. He has a sexual relationship and a romantic relationship with another character. And... Specifically, the climactic moment of that play is that they're together on top of uh, the Empire State Building, I believe it is, mm-hmm. and they kiss. I need to walk into rehearsal knowing that that's part of the gig. In the same way as if I did another play, there are certain given circumstances of that play, there's certain actions I'm going to have to take, and we'll find a way to do those those actions effectively and tell the story appropriately and effectively. Um, yeah, I... I, I, I guess I, I just would, would resolve my answer by saying a character's sexual orientation is one more given circumstance of the world. And I think, like, sorry, I, I think, you know, as you can assume, a husband and wife would be required to kiss. I think if you are clear from the start that your character is gay or whatever, you can assume that you yeah. might have to kiss. I was going to say, I think kissing is not something that necessarily requires a conversation. Yeah. But I think anything other than that, I agree. I mean, I think it's also a, a thing that sort of relates to table work and everybody doing their homework, is that I don't think one should ever assume, regardless of the sexual orientation of your character, that there is um, a lot of similarity in their sexual history and yours as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, taking for granted that because somebody's straight, they have done what you've done or they know what you know or they especially if it's a play where you're dealing a lot with sexuality or nudity that is in some way involved with sexuality needs to be discussed on a certain level when you're building up character you know and it's just another aspect of that i still think it's ultimately the responsibility of the actor though to know exactly what they're getting into you know and i think the same thing goes even with sexuality nudity Whatever. If you're if you read the script before you mm-hmm. go into audition, then you know what you're up for. Mm. And if you're not okay with it, you're not okay with it. But you know, it, it's it's an unfair discussion to force everyone to have. If you haven't read the script, if you don't know, I mean, if you haven't read it and you don't know what you're getting into, then you really have no ground to stand on to be having those conversations. Mm-hmm. You really need to, you know. And I, I think that if you read it, you'll, you know, and, and, and be honest with yourself about what you're actually okay with doing. 
then a lot of this can be avoided. I, I but I, I mean, you know, but when it comes to playing someone of the, you know, and I, yeah, I, no, I think it goes actually just across the board. Like no matter what, if you read the play and you don't think you're going to be okay with it, then d- you, you have to be honest with yourself. Well, it gets, it gets back to that it's it's the handling of the nudity or the handling of the sexuality that you know I, I think most actors. Most actors, in the right circumstance, would be fine with nudity and would be fine with sexuality. So, again, I think part of your preparation needs to be to understand the world in which you're living in in that play and what actions your character may or may not take, what their sexual history is, in addition to the rest of their history, their family history, so that when it comes time to discuss that, you can have an intelligent, constructive, artistic conversation, not about the if, but about the how. And in terms of being prepared and responsible as an actor before you go into that, you know, just knowing what you're walking into, sometimes, you know, if it's a new play, you have every right to request to read it before you accept the part. So you do know exactly what you're walking into, because sometimes you won't have the material. Or even, I I mean, I tend to ask for the script before I even audition. Because I don't want to waste anybody's time if I really have no intention of doing the play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there's probably tons of other actors who will be just fine doing whatever is asked. And, you know, and I think that's where, you know, the responsibility of the producers and directors and the, you know, the producing entity and the team, that's where the responsibility begins. Beyond that, as an actor, when you're going in for something, it's your responsibility to know what you're up for. And if they make the script available to you, then read it. Yes, that's that's absolutely true. That said, I also do still think it's important to have the conversation for two reasons, which is, well, three reasons. Just one, it's the first step in building trust. You know, it's the first step in sort of openly talking about the play. Two, there actually can certainly be moments that are not explicit in the text, either that the director plans to add in or that... And they fall into each other's arms. Okay, but what happens once they fall into each other's arms and how long does the light stay up? I mean, that's, you know, you know, it, it's important to, to have that conversation. And I also think, and it's, it's also worth saying, and there's a, a few times that I've said, that there are times where there's not necessarily either nudity or specific simulated sex or whatever, but where there's very strong sexual content, that it is worth sitting down... And just being sure that the person is cool with going as deep as they're going to have to go with that topic. Mm-hmm. You know, to say, you know, I, I mean, realer than that is a very good example of, of a play where every time I've done that play, you always sit down with the actor playing the role and just say, look, you may read it and you may be excited about it, but let's be clear, these are five things you're going to have to deal with. It doesn't require being naked, it doesn't require simulating anything, but we're going to have to talk about it, you're going to have to deal with it, you're going to have to look that in the face and do it. Before we start, before we cast, are you cool with that? And, and I certainly have had actors who have been like, yes, I want to deal with those things. And I've had actors who have said, no, that's really not something I want to deal with. And I think that's totally fine. And it's like you said, Carrie, but you've got to know your limits. You've got to know what you're comfortable with and what you're not. And the way to get comfortable with that is realizing that, like, anything, it, I think, like anything in life, that can change in three, four, five months' time. So just give yourself some slack as an actor, because I think what, like what you said, a lot of a lot of actors feel like if I can't do everything, then I'm a bad actor. Mm-hmm. If I can't, if I'm not willing to try this, 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 and this, if I can't juggle and spitfire, then I'm not good at what I do, which is not the case at all. 
So. Your personal foibles are what make you you, you know, as an actor anyway. Right. So, you know, those hang-ups, for me specifically, the, the question becomes how, especially when dealing with um, the content of a sexual nature, is how willing am I to, to let these hang-ups become public? How much of that am I willing to, to put out there? And that's the, I mean, so I think that's, you know, maybe, maybe for me, it's like when it comes to like reading the script and knowing exactly, you know, or the possibilities of this, that, and the other happening. And for me, maybe it's so cut and dry because it's no matter what, part of who I am is not going to be okay with this thing. And am I okay with it not necessarily being okay and discovering that and playing with that and either coming to a place where it is okay or letting the fact that I'm not be okay be a part of their rendering, you know. Well, there, there's something actually that that brings up that I think is important for directors is that, and it's an always thing, but be aware always of what you're trying to achieve with a moment rather than exactly the picture of the moment that you have in your head. And a big part of that has to do with, you know, some the most, I, I always find that the most effective uses of nudity that I've been involved with, actually, have been times where it's not somebody who's like, hey, cool, whatever, I'm naked, and they throw their clothes up because they don't care. It actually is people who are working through discomfort, are working through the things that they're not totally comfortable with but want to do, are committed to doing, find the right reasons to. But as a result, sometimes the moment where you, ex- you know, where the idea was the person strips totally naked is actually in the body of that actor and working through what they're working through, not just, you know, to let them off, not to let them off the hook at all, but maybe just taking off their shirt and keeping their bra on tells all of that story because of how much they have going on. Mm -hmm. You know, and to have that awareness again of the moment isn't, if the moment is about the person being undressed, then it is not worth having in the show. If the person being undressed is a viable way of expressing something else that is important, which is they are revealing themselves to the other person, or they are vulnerable, or they are whatever else is going on, then it belongs there. But you also ought to be open to the fact you may discover with this actor there is a different and better way to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about for a minute, uh, before we move on from the actor-director-writer uh, sense of, of, of addressing it, how about when you're staging a moment of sexual contact, simulated sexual contact. How do we handle that? In what ways is it the same and different, for instance, from stage combat? I think um, one one thing that's similar is um, knowing what your costume is going to be. Like, if you, like, you know what your weapons are, you know, (laughs) it's, you let people know, like, you're going to be wearing like this kind of a shirt. You have this kind of underwear. You know this. You're 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 going to be topless in this moment. You're going to have like some sort of like new g-string. Like whatever are the things that you are going to be wearing during the performance. Know what they are and and have them as soon as possible. I, I think it's 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 also clear in terms of the staging and to discuss or to have an idea of again the story you're trying to tell and so whatever. Uh, nudity or sexuality occurs that it's it's furthering whatever the story is uh, to use the example of, of, of take me out again the my first entrance in the play is after the lead character has announced publicly that he is gay and he's in the locker room and I am, am a ball player on his team and uh, have just left the shower and it's probably three minutes into the play 
and the scene is about how uncomfortable I am being in the, in a locker room, exposed, naked, showering, dressing with this man who has just announced that he's gay. I'm also very aware of the fact that, uh, particularly where we were doing the play, the fact that there was going to be nudity was, was a big deal. So in the scene, I'm wearing nothing but flip-flops and I have a towel. And then once I get on stage, I change. And I discover him in the locker room. So... Uh, I knew what that story was about, and so when I came out on stage, I made sure that I had the towel, and I'm coming out center stage, and I made sure that I was drying my hair, completely naked, unaware that he was there. And the second I saw him, I pulled it down and covered myself. And that, in my opinion, that did a lot. You know, the director and I talked about it a little bit. That did a lot. A, it got the nudity out immediately. Yes, yes, there will be naked people in this play. Done. It's over with. We got two and a half hours of interesting play to deal with. And also, it told the story of me being uncomfortable, being nude in front of this man. So, I think as long as you're clear on the story you're telling, where it can become about where the sexuality is one more device, or the nudity is one more device of the storytelling, um, and you're clear on what that is, the story you're telling will, will be effective, where the, the nudity and the sexuality, how it's staged, will tell that story, as opposed to just being a story where somebody's nude or being sexual. And I think in terms of that there's a lot of similarity when you're talking about staging like sex scenes, where it is very similar to stage combat. Mm -hmm. But I actually think it's important, though, that that actually not translate into that it get overly clinical. Because that can be uncomfortable, too. And I think a lot of it really has to do with, I think, when you're staging stage combat, you want to say, you want to get him close to you, so you X. You are trying to push him, get him, you know, whatever you're trying to do and talk about it. And the same thing, where you want to talk about, this is why you do the next thing. You're trying to forward the encounter, and so you go for his belt. You're trying to, you know, what, you know, make it more romantic, and so you push your hand away and lean in for the kiss. You know, whatever it is, you know, that's going on, that you talk about, this is why the move is here. And this is what the move is. And I think two things that are especially helpful, and I think are important, just out of respect, is anytime you're talking about doing anything that is more intimate than kissing at all, is ask first. It's like, you know, if you're the actress, like, so I'm going to put my hand on her breast, is that okay? Yes, okay. You know, it's just respectful. Or, and I think as a director, I always try to phrase this, and what I'd like to try next is that we do this. Is that all right? You know, we do this to get this. Can we try that? And give people the opportunity to say, no, I'd rather not. Can we try another way to do it? I just think it's important to, as you go, empower the other people, but again, not coddle them. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's important to talk about, again, the why. Because there is a difference between reaching out and grabbing someone and you're being cautious here and you're trying to test the waters. Because that's where the story happens. Not actually, again, that idea of his hand goes on her breast, but how does it get there? Mm-hmm. Because there's a, lo- there's a lot of different ways that that can happen that can really... I mean, I think there's a lot more storytelling to be had of sort of their negotiation of whether or not that's okay, or the total lack of negotiation. Those are two very different stories, and to be sure, when you're talking about it, that you're talking about it in story terms. So again, the actors feel like, and also it result in it being more than simply showing something happening. Mm-hmm. But you create sort of the evolution of the encounter. 
Um, you know, because that's part of the thing. There should be a story. There should be a story of the... Hopefully, it's not going... Hopefully, when somebody says, and what happened at the end of that scene, the answer isn't, oh, and then, you know, they had sex. It's, you know, well, he seduced her and she eventually gave in. Or she wanted to be with him and he was nervous but finally gave in when she... But, you know, that's how you... You want to be sure whenever there's an encounter on stage, that's how people talk about it rather than they did. Right. Something else that I think is very important for directors to be mindful of is to be sure that people know ahead of time what days you're going to be working on moments of sexuality. People should be able to walk in psychologically prepared for this is what we're going to work on today and not have it sprung on them. And not only psychologically prepared, but I think also literally physically prepared. And what I mean by that is is if if you are in a play that requires stage combat, particularly, say, extensive stage combat, for that rehearsal, regardless of what your costume will be, for that initial rehearsal where you're going to be dealing with movement, perhaps intense, broad physical movement, you're going to want to wear something appropriate for where you can be athletic or do what you need to do. If you're in a, a, a musical that requires dance or even just any type of play that requires that type of dance, you're going to want to wear something appropriate so you can be relaxed and prepared to execute whatever you need to do. The same thing applies actually for, for I mean, Obviously, for nudity or, or even partial nudity, uh, you know, be prepared with you know for for how what state of undress you'll be in. But particularly if you're being sexual with another character, be prepared for that. Particularly in terms of being respectful for the other people you have to work with. Um, I, I and, and what I mean by that is I had uh, uh, an experience where I worked with the same actress over the course of several plays, and, and I won't mention the plays because it would be clear who, the, who this woman was, but we, it was, uh, a lot of audiences uh, and, and people that we knew said that we had a great amount of, of, of sexual chemistry and sexual tension with each other, which was incredibly interesting to watch. The fact was that this actress and I did not particularly get, a, get along uh, offstage, and it's only germane to this point because in s- almost every play we had to be intimate sexually. And she would come to rehearsal and, frankly, most performances, to be frank, I felt she hadn't bathed or brushed her teeth. And it made each moment of doing that, particularly in one play, she was my wife, in another play, she was my girlfriend, in another play, she was, you know, uh, someone of sexual interest, where there was supposed to be a lot of lust and, and care and love in varying degrees in each play. It was very difficult to relax into those moments and let that happen when you were physically turned off by the person. Now, I don't need the person that I'm working with to be my idea of physical beauty. I don't need that person to, you know, necessarily for her entire being to be someone that I would be uh, attracted to or romantically drawn to in the outside world. There's, you know, I mean, there's ways you can work on that if, if you're not specifically attracted to that person. But... Just out of respect for the other actor, if you're going to be intimate with them, you shouldn't smell. <laughs> you know, you should, and, and that sounds like such a, 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 a silly thing to say, but that's really part of, of an actor's etiquette as well. If I'm going to do stage combat, that's a poor day to show up in a suit. You know, if I'm going to be dancing and I'm going to be doing, say, a tap 
sequence, I should bring my tap shoes. If I don't tap dance or have tap shoes. <laughs> For just full disclosure. But, so, but if I'm going to be intimately sexually involved with someone uh, on stage, in particular in a rehearsal period where that may be hours of dealing with that, where we're going to be in close contact for an extensive period of time. It's important to be respectful of that person. Know you're going to be in close proximity and smelling good and, you know, having brushed your teeth and or whatnot. Is, it's, just, it's, it's part of being respectful. It's part of being professional. It's part of having uh, etiquette that will make that moment go so much easier. Of all the things we've been talking about and will talk about that make... Mm-hmm you know, that moment difficult or make it challenging. The fact that your partner may be throwing up physical <laughs> obstacles is just one thing you don't need to deal with. Just in terms of that etiquette, because this is also a thing that they put up at some gyms and stuff, and it's really important for me because I get headaches that are triggered by things, is like putting on too much cologne or mm. perfume is also not great etiquette. You want to be a reasonably, like a nice smelling, neutral smelling person. <laughs> Sensory <laughs> neutral. <laughs> Your scene partner will be sneezing. And if you're a stage manager and you know that there's a day that there's something like that coming up, bring that gum. Yeah. Mm. Bring, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something to, to be thoughtful about. And also, if you know that it's something that requires or might require, um, disrobing in part or in toto, but especially in part, you know, you might want to wear underwear that you don't mind being seen in. Even if you're in an exploratory phase of something, if you know this is something we're exploring, well, I might end up taking off my shirt today, so I should, you know, wear the Victoria's Secret and not whatever. Well, you would be prepared, especially if you're not at the point where you are taking off your shirt, to bring something to rehearsal, like a hoodie, that you can take off, so you still have the action um, that will be required, because that will help you. Uh, yeah, I think that's just just important for everyone to think ahead, at, to make sure as a director that everybody, and as a stage manager, people know what you're doing, and as an actor, you've thought for a moment about what do I need to do to be prepared to do that in rehearsal tomorrow. Has anyone, I'm not sure anyone here has, but it's something that comes up, and it candidly has never come up for me, but has anyone actually ever had to be, have been asked to be naked in an audition setting? Usually, uh, there's been a, not usually right off the bat, usually if you get called back, they'll say, we require. Yeah. I mean, but do they, they say it, or do they, do you actually have to disrobe in the no, call back? Some plays do require, like, naked boy singing. You have to get naked at the callback. Because the entire place naked. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, there are uh, never when you walk in the door first, first right. time. Never, never. Yeah. But they, there have been auditions. If, if the entire play hinges on your naked body, like that one. I've I've never at an audition been asked to 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 get naked. Um, I don't know what that says about the, the type of plays I get <laughs> I get called in for. But I mean, I I would imagine the only times when that's appropriate is when. There's some sh- there. There needs to be something about your physical body that will tell that story that is important. <laughs> I don't know what all those variables necessarily are, but I can imagine. I, I that would probably be the only appropriate circumstance in which I think it would be appropriate to ask somebody to get nude at an actual audition. I've never had it happen. Yeah. I really think that's the the one I brought up is the only play I've ever that. That's because the entire point of that play is the fact that they're naked. You well, Jenny, you're our company manager and know about these things because Equity actually does have rules for uh, Actors Equity, which is the mm-hmm. the Actors Union. 
does have rules about how to handle that. And actually, do you want to? Well, it's interesting. Something? You you can be asked to either get partially nude or nude, but not as your first thing. You definitely need to either audition as an actor, singer, dancer, whatever you're going to be doing first and foremost. You can't just walk into a room and then, you know, they ask. They, they can't answer. type you up that way. Right. <laughs> right. You, you, you initially have to do whatever talent you're going to do. Uh, you always have to have either an equity representative present or someone someone who is equity, equity stage manager, someone present in the room. And you have to make the person who's coming in aware of everyone who's in the room. You know, this is so-and-so, he's the director, this is the choreographer, so you just don't have... You know, you're not walking into a room filled with just random spectators. This is my dirty uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> totally. So you, 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 set, you set the scene of who's there. Um, and those are kind of the, the basic rules. And I would say, I mean, well, I have a couple of thoughts about that, which is, one, there are equity rules about things, about a lot of things, about how those auditions work, how even breaks you're supposed to take in rehearsals. I actually would recommend even those people who are not equity, get the equity rule book and follow those rules. There's reasons that those rules are out there. They're a good way to run a rehearsal process. I would. I always, even when I'm when I'm doing something that is not an equity production, always run things by equity rules. It's just not a bad idea because people have sat around and thought about what is the best way to do these things. But it also is something that it is very, very, very rare that anyone is asked to do that in an audition. I again have directed quite a number of shows where people have appeared nude or partially nude. I have never felt the need to see the person ahead of time. And actually, part of it, candidly, is I think it's interesting when somebody is on stage and naked, if they do have an interesting body and a surprising, and like a real whatever, you know, so it's kind of whatever the person brings is is good, you know, for the most part. I, I, I think most moments that should have nudity, it shouldn't matter what, they, what the person looks like, because that shouldn't be what it's about. That said, I mean, I actually do know one of my plays that you guys all know, uh, A Writer for Children. There is a character who appears nude and has never been produced yet, but who actually, how they look is actually a very important part of the of the story. And that there actually, I feel like that would be a case where if we were casting before we did final casting for someone, you would need to see the person. But that said, I mean, just, there also are people out there who have young actresses, especially, and actors, you know, coming to New York and tell them to come in for an audition and take off their clothes. I have heard of that happening for shows that have never then been produced. Jeez. Yeah. So, you know, it actually is something you are totally within your rights as an actor, if asked to do that, to ask, not to fight with them, but to ask, can you please tell me why it's important? You know, what are you looking for? And if they can't articulate why it's important that they see you, don't do it. Don't do it. If they can, if they're a legitimate person, then, and you're willing to be nude in the show, you might as well be nude in front of them in the audition. So, yeah. Okay, so moving on, uh, finally, just to the idea of how sexuality especially can be an important part of building a character and building a show. Talking first about when there is a sexual situation in a play, what things, I mean, we have touched on it, but what things do you want to do to be sure that it is an effective moment? I think it's really important to be specific. I think that uh, if you have, if, if it's a, a sexual act or, or, or some sort of, I don't know, simulation of a sexual, some sexual situation, I think you have to be very specific about what you want and what you're trying to get. It's like anything. What you want, what you're trying to get, 
and this is the only way to do it. Yeah, it's a tactic or, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. I think that that's really important about, you know, really being sure you have a clear need and a specific need. That the need is beyond, I want to have sex. That, yeah. that one, you know, on two levels, is one, why do you want to? What are you trying to get by doing this? But also, you know, even in cases where sex is a need unto itself in a play, which can happen. I mean, actually, there are a lot of times interesting scenes that can happen where that is the end for one character and the other character is trying to use it as a tactic. I mean, that can be an interesting moment. But, you know, in terms of what do they want to have happen? Again, we said it earlier, but people don't go home with someone to roll around under the covers. I mean, what specifically are they looking to happen in this encounter? Again, we recently did a production of Realer Than That, which we've mentioned, and one of the things that was very interesting about that is that both of them have, in that play have come back to a hotel room for a sexual encounter, but for very different reasons, and both of them have very different imaginings of how it is going to go down and what it is going to consist of. And that that was just a really helpful thing in the exploratory phases and once we were up on our feet, to be clear that they both wanted to have sex, but quote-unquote have sex meant very different things to the two of them. And where did they each want to start? Where did they each want to end? And sort of having to negotiate, wait a minute, why are you over there when, <laughs> when what I want to do needs to take place over here? You know, and I, I think that's a helpful thing to uh, have. You know, what is the picture of the encounter that they are trying to fulfill? And what about when it is not explicit in a script? In what ways is it useful? Or I will just outright say, because a person's sexuality is such an essential element of who they are, I think it can be very, it is very useful to consider their sexual life and especially when there's a couple, to consider the sexual life of the couple, even if it is not explicitly brought out in a play. Because there's a lot of visceral things that you can sort of discover about a person in terms of when you think about what is their, what is their sex life like? What do they want? What do they need? Even if it doesn't specifically come up in the play. Yeah. I think especially, uh, especially in stories that uh, kind of center on a like romance, like that two people who are trying to get together, even if the play... There's no sex scene or, you know, they don't even know that they want to be together, but they're attracted to each other. Like, what each person's sexual history has is, will affect how they approach relationships, you know, and what they think the other, you know, even if there's no lines about it or anything. Like, you have to have all that stuff in your head about what, what you're looking for from a, like, what you're looking for from a relationship includes or doesn't sex. And that has to be part of the things that you think out about for your character ahead of time. It's absolutely true. We, we talked in an earlier podcast about uh, preparation. Uh, and and uh, one of the things we talked about, uh, I think the analogy I use is that you want to build a lake of information you can draw on. And I think your sexuality is just one of those. Even if it's not explicitly used, how does your sexual life affect choices that you do make in that play? How does that load certain aspects of your relationships with other people. Yeah, and it doesn't affect your confidence, you know, in exactly. situations. How does that load a moment with your partner, depending on whether that, you know, the nature of your sexual relationship, whether it's satisfying or unsatisfying, what, what that specific relationship is like. It, it's just one more piece of information on which you can draw on in order to create a three-dimensional human being. Mm-hmm. 
And, and one of the things that go along with that, again, that idea of the lake of information, is that this, again, is a topic that can very easily get into sort of thinking in generalities and concepts about your character. And just like anything else, it's helpful to have facts, not to make judgments on them, because, you know, except for the judgments that they make about themselves, which they, you know, may, may or may not. But, you know to go through and consider when did they lose their virginity? What was that like? Who was the first person they told? When was the last time they had sex? Who was it with? How many partners have they had? Those sort of things, when you just go through and kind of collect that information, even if it doesn't come up in the play, it can just really inform your sense of who this person is. Um, and, you know, and it comes without, without judgment. You know, and actually you can consider, how does this person feel about the fact that they had sex with 50 people during college and have had sex with only one person since? How does that, you know, affect the way that they think about themselves, the way they think about the situation? How attractive do they consider themselves? Mm -hmm. How attracted are they to other people in the play? How attractive do they think other people, how attractive do they think other people in the play are to each other? I mean, all of those things are things that just play into the way that people deal with each other. And again, it's not so much about choosing I need for this moment a fact, but it's just the more you know about them, the more surprising things you're going to discover in rehearsal. And, and one thing that I, that I would say is don't respect your character's privacy. <laughs> but I think that's important, especially when you're talking about issues like their sexuality, where you can be very, well, they sort of are like this. Think about it. What was that last sexual encounter they had? What was that like? What happened? What do they wish had happened that didn't? It will tell you so much about them, and again, so much, we've talked about it before, of what makes a really effective, where so much really effective characterization lives is in the secrets, are in the things that never come out in the play that never become explicit, but that you know are true about your character, that your character knows is true about themselves, kind of underlies the things that happen in the play. And certainly, for most of us, our sexual lives are things that are secrets, that most people do not know about. And your character should have that too. You should know those things about your character. If only because psychologically, it's weird when you think about those things how how on the inside it makes you feel of this person's life. That you know about these things, about this character that nobody else does because you are this character. And I think ultimately, I hope the takeaway from all of this is that these are things that if they are worth having in a play, if they're worth considering about your character's life, and they are always worth considering about your character's life, and they are very often worthwhile to have in a play, they are worth being straightforward about and frank about and thoughtful about and I'm not going to say not embarrassed about because it is okay to be embarrassed to talk about something in rehearsal but it's worth it to talk about things if they are forwarding the creation of your character and the truthfulness of the situation that you're showing on stage and if you are going to show nudity if you are going to show sexuality enacted on stage make it worth it so I think that's a good place to wrap up. 
Thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you are enjoying what you're hearing and want to help other people know about it, please go to iTunes, write reviews, give us stars. If you like what you're hearing but have not yet subscribed, also go to iTunes and subscribe. If you want to know more about the Cry Havoc Company, please visit us at www.cryhavoccompany.org. If you are in New York and would like to come see something we're working on, also go to the website and uh, there's information up there about what's going on. So for Jen and Rachel and Will and Jenny and Carrie and Tim and myself and everyone at the Cry Havoc Company, thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. You can learn more about the Cry Havoc Company at cryhavoccompany.org. Questions or comments can be sent to podcasts at cryhavoccompany.org. All music from this show came from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.